Good morning, church, and it's so good to, to have you join us this morning. Now, we are doing a series, all right? We are doing a series, a new series, started last week. Um, now, they are basically the significance of the insignificant or the observation of the obscure. So, things in the scriptures that sometimes we would read and just pass it over without a second thought. Uh, sometimes those little things uh, are significant, right? Uh, what, are, what, uh, what is seemingly insignificant is actually pretty significant. Now today, the, the topic would be while you sleep. While you sleep. Now, there was a teacher who asked her students, why do you think people need to sleep? Why, why do people need to sleep? And nobody seemed to knew, and suddenly one hand went up, and the teacher asked the little boy, Yes, Tommy, why do people need to sleep? And the boy said, Because that's the only time they can charge their phones. Okay? Uh, that's the postmodern <laughs> post view. Yeah? Uh, but sleeping is critical, of, I think, for all of us, all right? And some of you, I know many of the young people, I've seen some of your profiles, your hobby is sleeping, all right? Uh, now, that's a terrible hobby to have, like, come on, right? I hope you, you, you find better hobbies to have rather than sleeping, right? Now, um, but sleeping is good. Um, I love sleeping, but I sometimes find it really difficult to have a really good sleep, uh, I admire, in that sense, I stand in awe of my wife. Uh, my wife, man, she can sleep, right? She can sleep. I mean, I'm, we're talking, I'm talking to her and I say, dear, just give me a minute. I just charge my phone and I go and charge my phone and come back. Okay, let's continue talking. And she's, <laughs> she's gone. She's out cold. She can sleep within three minutes of hitting the pillow. And, and that's, a, that's a gift. That's a gift. Uh, so she's, I, I'm, I really admire her, uh, the way she can go to sleep so fast. And she can sleep anywhere, right? Um, but why am I choosing a topic like this, while you sleep? And I like to go back to uh, creation, the creation account in Genesis chapter 1. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible is quite clear. In the beginning, God made the heaven and the earth. The Bible uh, talks about the creation of the world. Um, it, the Bible is quite clear that the world was created by God. It didn't happen via a big bang. It didn't happen via any of these things. All right? We'll talk a little bit of these things in one of our sessions when we talk about the pluralist worldview. All right? So please sign up uh, for School of Ministry. Right, and we'll chat a little bit about that. But I want to just go back to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read from the Tree of Life version. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was chaos and waste. Darkness was on the surface of the deep. And the rock Elohim was hovering Upon the surface of the water. Now, what is rock? Elohim. The word rock simply means spirit or breath, right? Uh, the breath of Elohim is God. That's a, one of the names of God. So, the breath of God or the spirit of God was hovering upon the surface of the water. Verse 3 Then God said, Let there be light. 
and there was light and god saw that the light was good so god distinguished the light from the darkness um he called the light day and the darkness he called night and so there was evening and there was morning one day and then we move to verse 6 then god said let there be an expanse in the midst of the water let it be for separating water from water so god made the expanse and it separated the water that was below the expanse from the water that was over the expanse and it happened so and god called the expanse sky and so there was evening and there was morning a second day verse 9 then god said let the dry ground appear and it happened so and god called the dry ground land and collected the water he called seas and the collection of water he called seas verse 11 and god said let the land sprout grass green plants yielding seed fruit trees making fruit each according to its species with seed in it upon the land and it happened so and god saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning a third day then God said, and this is verse 14, and God said, Let light in the expanse of the sky be for separating the night from the day. Then God made the two great lights, the greater light for dominion over the day, and the lesser light as well as the stars for dominion over the night. And to have dominion over the day and over the night and to separate the lights from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, a fourth day then god said let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures let flying creatures fly above the land across the expanse of the sky and god saw verse 21 god saw that it was good verse 23 and so it there was evening there was morning a fifth day verse 24 then God said, let the land bring forth living creatures according to their species, livestock, crawling creatures, and wild animals according to their species. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And God created humankind in his image. Verse 31. So God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And so there was evening there was morning the sixth day that was the account of creation the seventh day god rested seventh day god rested but from the first day to the sixth day there was a progression in the way god created things all right uh, now the, the the phrase this phrase keeps coming up over and over again Six times we find it in Scripture. No, when God says something once, it's important because it's coming from God. When He says something three times, like He does, like He when He when He told Joshua, "Do not be afraid, do not be afraid." All right, uh, three times He told Joshua. When God says something three times, you gotta take note of that. But here in the Scriptures, in the opening uh, passage of the Scriptures. This phrase appears six times. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. 
There was evening and there was morning the second day. There was evening and there was morning the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day, and the sixth day. There was evening and there was morning. What does evening signify? Now, if we understand the Hebrew word, and this morning I'm going to do two word studies, all right? Two word studies. Um, the Hebrew word for evening in this passage is called Erev or Ereb. All right? Erev, Erev. And what is the significance of this word Erev? Erev means darkness. It means dusk as the sun goes down and everything, you know, from the, the, the bright world that you have, suddenly things begin to grow darker and darker and darker. And the light is beginning to extinguish at the, at, at, in the horizon as the sun slips below the horizon and there's still some light and then it becomes darker and darker. The cricket starts to sound and then you find wild animals start to howl and start to make noise uh, and, and, and everything suddenly goes pitch black. Now, that is the, the picture of the word Erev, after sunset, okay? Darkness. It also gives the picture that what was earlier visible and clear uh, suddenly now you can't see it, see it anymore. It becomes invisible. There's obscurity. You hear all the funny night sounds in the air and there's chaos. You, you begin to become scared and frightened. There are shadows that were once there. Now it's no longer there. No shadows even. And, and, and you look at silhouettes and, and you begin to imagine things that are behind the tree and behind here and behind there. Remember when growing up, we were sometimes afraid that there was a buoy man under our bed. You know, these are things that sometimes you grow up because children are scared of the dark sometimes, all right? Uh, afraid of the dark. And, and because uh, when it becomes dark and you cannot see, you become uncertain of things. You don't know what's out there. You, you, you wonder what's out there. And there is increasing disorder because what, was, what felt safe and secure earlier, now you don't feel so safe. All right? So that is the picture of the word Erev. And there was evening and there was morning. One day, two days, three days. Erev, evening. All right? Darkness, dusk, obscurity, chaos, increasing disorder. And then the Bible says God spoke. God spoke. And when God spoke, He took care of three things. Number one, He took care of darkness. God took care of darkness because He spoke, let there be light and there was light. And immediately the darkness began to flee. The darkness was dispelled. God took care of the darkness. He did. The second thing God took care of was disarray. He took care of the chaos. He took care of disarray. And God brought about order in what was formerly disorder. All right? The third thing God took care of was deadness. The Bible says that everything was void, everything was barren, there was nothing there, there was a deadness. And God spoke into that deadness and God turned that around. God took care of these three things, all right? Darkness, disarray, and, dark, and deadness. 
And then there is that word, okay? There was evening and there was morning the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. Evening, erev, and morning. Now the Hebrew word for morning is boker. Boker. All right? And what does boker, uh, uh, what picture does boker bring to mind? Boker is light. It means that things now become discernible. What was formerly um, uh, invisible now becomes visible. What was formerly unsure now becomes sure. It's, it's now certain. Uh, you can see things have, be have become clearer. The un uncertainty has been overturned. Right? Things have become orderly from what was formerly chaotic or disorderly. Now that is the picture of morning. Boker. All right. So when you sleep at night, outside you hear all those noises, especially if you go out in the rurals, you can hear all kinds of noise. All right. You can hear all kinds of noise. Uh, in, our, in our setting, probably um, you know, in, the, in the urban areas, what we have when we, when we are late at night is probably you can hear our neighbor's television. Right? But when you're out in the rural, you can hear crickets, you can hear noise of the night, the night noises. You can hear animals uh, and all of that. And sometimes you're afraid to venture out of your home because you don't know what is out there. I, I remember my grandmother used to tell me a story, and this is a real story. Let me quickly tell you this. My grandmother said one day when she was a small girl, she had, uh, the fa her father told her to go and feed the dog. The dog was tied outside the house. And so she walked out um, and she fed the dog. The dog was tied to a leash. She fed, she gave the bowl of food to the dog. She turned around and as she stepped away, the dog yelped. The dog yelped. And then she quickly turned around and the dog wasn't there anymore. And she quickly went into the house and she locked the door and she told her father, I don't know what happened. I gave the dog the food to the dog. And when I turned around, the dog made a, a, a noise and I turned to look, the dog wasn't there. I don't know where the dog went. So they waited. In the morning when they went out, they saw that the leash was there, the dog wasn't there, and they saw paw prints of tiger in the compound. All right, The paw prints of a tiger. There was a tiger that roamed near her house. Uh, that was many, many years ago, before the Second World War, all right, when my grandmother was a young girl. You don't know what is out there. You cannot see. She could not see the tiger. Because you don't know what is out there. But in the light of day, when sunrise comes up, what was invisible now becomes invisible. The, 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 the sense of being scared and frightened of the unknown now is dispelled because you can see and things are more certain. There's a sense of security when light comes over the horizon. So, evening, Erev, morning, Boker. Right Now, God brought about three things. Number one, God brought about light. What was formerly, in, what was formerly dark now is light. All right? Into the darkness, God spoke and there was light. So God brought about, so this is how God turned around that situation. All right? The, the Erev to Boker. He spoke and there was light. And then God spoke into the chaos. God spoke into the disarray and God brought about 
law. So everything was orderly now. There was law and order. What was disorderly, what was lawless, what was chaotic, now there is structure, there is form, and there is law. All right? There is order. The third thing that God did was He spoke into the deadness and He brought about life. So now you find that things were teeming with life. The world was teeming with life. All right? So he spoke into the Erev and he brought Boker. That's what God did, right? Um, so this was, this is clearly the work that God did in creation. There was evening, there was morning. There was Erev and there was Boker. One day, two days, three days up to six times. Six times that happened. Now this is the Genesis 1 account. Now, the first day, the Bible says, God created the heavens and the earth. First day. Second day. He separated the waters. The sky, the sea. Second day. Third day. He separated the sea from the land. Let land gather. So there was land and there was sea. And then he caused life to come on the land. There was grass. There were seedlings. There were fruit trees. All right? So that was the first three days of creation. The heavens, the sea and the sky, the sea and the land, and plants. Now, I want you to see how it corresponds. All right? The first day and the fourth day. The fourth day, God created the stars. He created the planets. He created the sun and the moon, the greater light, the lesser light, so that they divide the night and the day. Now, look very carefully. Huh? He did that on the fourth day. Now, the only reason those things could, could be created is because there was already, there was already a, um, uh, th there was already the, the sustaining ability for those things to be created. Why? Because the, God already created the heavens and the earth. So now he created the, the stars, the moon, the sun, the galaxies and all of that. Right? Because there was already the heavens. And then on the fifth day, God created the fish in the sea and the birds that fly. The only reason that could happen is because there was already the elements to sustain that life. Because there was already the sea that was created on the second day and the sky that was created on the second day. And so the birds were able to take flight, the, the fish were able to swim in the sea. On the sixth day, he created living creatures on land, including man. And the reason for that is because there was already the provision that would sustain life. There was land, there was plants, there was grass, and there was fruit, and there were all of those things that would sustain the animals and sustain man. So I wanted to see, this is how God created. It wasn't just a random creation that God did. It was very carefully thought through. And so there was a system, there was an order, there was a law that was in place. That, uh, and... Theologians call this the law of provision 
that before the need arose, before even man was created, before the animals were created, even before these things were done, God already made provision for them. The plants were there. The sea was there for the fish. The air, the, the, the air was there for the birds to take flight in. All right? So the provision was given even before the need arose. That is how God operates. God doesn't work, doesn't wait for people to have the need and then He meets them. He already meets the needs before the needs are there. That is the account of creation. See, what happened is God turned chaos into order. God turned chaos into order. The entire creation account was about God turning around what was Erev into Boker. That was that's the entire creation account. God turned around what was Erev into Boker. What happened in day seven? On day seven, the Bible doesn't talk about and there was evening and morning. The seventh day, no. There was no evening, no morning. Why? Because everything was good. God saw his creation. He had completed the work. It was good. And God had made everything bokeh. Everything bokeh. Now, I, there are just two thoughts this morning. I'm not going to even have a, a take-home. The take-homes are in those Two thoughts, all right? Um, as we look at the entire creation account, these are the two thoughts. The first one is the redemption plan. The redemption. Through the creation account, we see already God's redemption plan. This was the plan of redemption. This was what God was going to do. All right, because right after God did this and turned Erev into Boker, and then God stepped back and he said it was very good and then God took his rest man messed up man sinned and man fell and then everything went back into a rev everything went back into a rev and so now there has to be a redemption plan to redeem man out of a rev back into boker <coughs> so God had to do that so what happened? The Bible tells us very clearly that we are all born in sin. We are all born in sin. We are conceived in sin, born in sin. We, it's not that we grew up and then we started to do things that were sinful. We are born this way. We are born this way. All have sinned. All have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. So we were born dysfunctional already. We were born in a state of, 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 of disarray. We were born in a state of chaos. That has been our lives. So many of us go through life looking and seeking for purpose and meaning in life because we are born dysfunctional. The Bible says that we were in darkness, spiritual darkness. And we are groping around. We are looking for meaning. We are looking for purpose. We are looking for security. We are looking for something that will help us to see and understand life. We do not have that because we were in darkness. The Bible says that our lives are in disarray. And so we are trying to run 
hither and thither looking for answers and meaning to life and we find nothing because our lives are in disarray. We are empty. We think that the purpose of life is to run after uh, uh, riches or, 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 or run after um, security, run after recognition. And people who are rich and famous are taking their lives because that's not the answer. Our lives are in disarray. And the Bible tells us because of that, we are all dead in our sin. We are all spiritually dead in our sin. So it's the same thing that happened. All right? Darkness, disarray, and deadness. And that's, hap and that's the same as us because when God made everything and everything was good, man decided to do his own thing. Man fell into sin and reversed what was good from Boca back into Erev. And so we are in this situation right now because of our sin. But you know, the Bible says that Jesus came to bring light into the world. John tells us, John chapter 1, that Jesus is the light. He becomes the boker. He is the light. He starts to bring clarity. He comes into our lives and he begins to turn things around. He begins to speak into our darkness and he brings light into our darkness. What was what, what was inconceivable before, what we could not understand before, what we were uncertain of before, now suddenly we can see. When we were scared and in our sins, now we start to have security. When we were dead in our sins, now He brings life and life in all its fullness. This is what Jesus came to do. Our lives are turned around now. We, are, we, we now have light. We all, we ha now our lives that were in disarray now, we have order and law in our lives and we, are, we have life. It's the creation account now happening not in creation but in the creature. In our lives. In your life and in my life. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Meaning to say, what is in, our old lives are no longer here, now I'm a new life. When God saw the, earth, the world was, in, was formless, devoid of form, all right, barren and dead, God speaks into that situation and everything began to turn around. And God looks at us, our old life, dead, without life, in darkness, in disarray. And God speaks, God comes and God encounters us and God speaks into that situation. Our lives get turned around and now we are no longer recognizable. We are no longer the old me. I am no longer the old Stephen. You are no longer the old you. Now the new has come. Every old thing has passed and the new has come. Isn't that amazing? We can find the redemption plan in Genesis chapter 1. It's amazing. So now that we understand the redemption plan, what is the, re what is the redemptive purpose? That's the second thought. There is not only the redemption plan that we find in Genesis chapter 1, we find the redemptive purpose. 
a redemptive purpose. Now that we are saved, what then? Now listen, similar to creation, when God spoke and there was evening, there was morning, one day, evening, morning, two days, evening, morning, three days, evening, morning, four days, five days, six days. Similar to creation, God is progressively bringing us into greater order. So the, our, our, the chi, in God's eyes, we are immediately new creatures. Okay, We are immediately new people. The old has passed and new is here. But for us, the working out of the new is progressive. The working out of the new. Beginning to think differently. Beginning to live differently. Beginning to have words that, 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 you know, that are different from what, how you used to speak before. That is a progressive change that would take place. Because God is at work in our lives. It doesn't happen in an instant. The position changes instantly. All right? But the change is progressive. We now no longer need to work at making it right. Now, this is what happened for Adam and Eve in the, the, when God first created. So, when, 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 when they sinned and they moved from Boca to Erev, all right? The entire lives changed. The fruit trees didn't just produce fruit. They had to work for it. They had to strive. They had to do whatever it takes to stay alive. They had to, they had to safeguard against wild animals. Before that, they did not need to do any of those things because they were given authority over everything on the earth and everything was subject to them. The moment they sinned, they sinned everything shifted. And so now they had to strive, they had to try, they had to do all they could do to stay alive, to do what it takes to, to make it into the next day. But that was never God's plan. The redemptive purpose is that we no longer need to work at making it right. That it's always been God's plan and purpose. See, as I told you about creation, God already made provision even before the need was. He made the provision before the need was. And that was what God always intended for us. That we need not strive to make it right. Because Jesus did it for us. He did it for us. We need not do it ourselves. It's already done for us. That is the redemptive purpose. Now Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12, But Christ gave, him, gave himself once for sin, and that is good forever. After that, he sat down at the right hand of God. He gave himself for sins, and for just once, and that was good enough. After that, he sat down at the right hand of God. What does that tell me? That tells me this, just as God created the world, the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day, God saw it was good, and God took his rest because the work is done. Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. He paid the price to turn our Erev into Boker. Once he was done with that, it was good. It was perfect. Bible says it's once for all he did it. It was perfect. He was the perfect sacrifice. You don't need to add anything to it. And he took his rest. The Bible says he now sits at the right hand of God the Father. 
because the work is done. The work is complete. You cannot add to it. You can't, you, you can't supplement it or, or complement it because it's a perfect and finished work. Hallelujah. And we no longer need to work at making it right. Christ did it for us. And so now the Lord invites you and me, He invites us to stop trying. And He invites us to rest. Stop trying. I've done it all. You need not do it anymore. You need not try. You need not strive. Take your rest. Let me quickly tell you what my day is like. Okay? What my day is like. A typical day would be this. Typical meaning, not now, lah. Now is very untypical because it's a lockdown, etc. But a typical day would be something like this. When I was working, it was even more, okay? Um, when I was working in my uh, office um, not too long ago, this would be a typical day. I wake up early in the morning. The alarm would go off. Um, and uh, I would reluctantly get out of bed. I would turn around and look at my wife. And she looks really cozy and comfortable under the covers. And I why do I need to get up so early? But that's what I need to do. So I wake up. And I go and brush my teeth. And I have my bath. And I sit down and I do my quiet time and, um, and then I start to get to work. Either I'm preparing a sermon or I go to the office when I was working and then the office work piles up and there are issues to be handled, there are staff to be talked to, um, there are strategies that need planning, there are, uh, uh, there, there, there are issues that need firefighting and you do all that, you have meetings, you have to meet clients, you've got to speak to them, and you can do all of these things. And then finally, you, you come back home in the evening, pretty late, you get stuck in a mega traffic jam, and you tell yourself, I really can't go through this every day, but you'd still do that. And then you reach home, and then you greet your family, and you have your dinner, and you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to think of work, I'm just going to sit down and spend time with my family. And you do that for a while, and your family is talking to you, telling you their day, and your mind is wandered off, thinking of how I'm going to resolve this tomorrow. This issue is going to come up. Oh, I've got to prepare this sermon also. I've got to do this Bible study. I, oh, I haven't done my, my, my this one yet, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that. And your mind is going 100 miles an hour, and your family realizes you're not paying attention. And then, you know, finally they stop talking, and then you look at them and say, yeah, yeah, you're saying something. No, no, never mind, Dad, forget it. You know, uh, these are things that happen on a daily, you know, used to happen on a daily I know my children are watching this online. They're saying, it still happens, Dad. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> these are things that happen. And finally, you know, you, 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 you try and stay awake because you want to make the most of the, 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 the day that's left. And your eyes keep drooping and you're tired. And you look at your phone and you look, do this and you do that. And finally, you get into bed. And then you tell your wife, dear, let me tell you my day. And you charge your phone, you turn around and she's asleep. All right. And then you tell yourself, okay, it was morning and evening. And I'm going to get up and it's another morning. The day starts again tomorrow. The same process happens tomorrow. And that's my day. 
My day is simple. My day is, there is morning and there is evening one day. There is morning and there is evening two days. There is morning and there is evening three days. But the Bible is different. The Lord says there is evening and there is morning one day. There is evening and there is morning two days. Now Matthew's Gospel, 11, 28 to 30, tells us this. And this is from the message version. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I love the way the message puts that. The message is a paraphrased version. And I love the way they put that. Watch me. Learn from me. And if you look at Jesus, he was never flustered. He was never worried. He was never bogged down. He was never like that. In his world, everything is taken care of. So he could sleep in a storm. And when the disciples begin to understand that, they could sleep when well, they were in prison. Because that's the redemptive purpose. As evening comes and I go to bed with a rev in my mind, oh, so many things undone. I still cannot figure my way out. I can't, still can't figure this. And I've got to get up tomorrow and my day starts all over again. The Lord says, no. Are you tired? Are you burnt out? Are you, are you worn out? Come, learn from me. Rest. Give it a rest. Learn how to rest from me. I rested in a storm. Learn to rest like me. We can lay everything in God's hands. Why? Because just like creation, where God provided, uh, pro provided before the need was, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 8, your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. So before you think your day starts, the father already knows before your day starts. And so this is what happens. As evening comes, we go to bed with a rev in our minds. But as we sleep, God is at work preparing the day ahead of us. Because to God, to us, my, morn, my, my day starts when I wake up. There is morning and there is evening one day. But for God, and this is the redemptive purpose, that was how He created things, His day starts when we go to sleep. There is evening and there is morning one day. As we sleep, God is at work preparing the day ahead of us. We wake up. God is already done. And we wake up to Boga. We wake up to Boga. We wake up to Boga. Because He is already at work. And so what happens is this. We wake up. God has already done His work. We step into the day that God has already prepared for us. 
We don't need to strive. We don't need to worry. We don't need to think, what am I going to do? Because we've laid it in God's hands. He has worked it out while we were asleep. Because for him, I'll take care of you. That is my redemptive purpose. As it was with Adam and Eve, you have, you're hungry, I've already provided for you. The fruit trees and the grass and all of that. The provision is already there even before you ask, even before the need was. And similarly, when we go to bed and we hand things over into God's hands, God begins His work because His day starts while we sleep. He's already working it out for us. He's working it out for you. He's preparing the day for you. When we wake up, we don't need to worry, oh, no, another day. We have to wake up. We know that the day is finished because He has finished His work. We step into what God has already prepared for us. We step into Boker. God will give you insight. God will give you grace. God will give you patience. God will give you strength. God will give you wisdom to do what is right for that day because he has already prepared it for you. And he says, nah, son, you step into what I've already done. It is good. Because when God works it out, it is always good. Praise God. Amen? Amen. That's the message that we get from Genesis chapter 1. So if anyone here this morning, is, you go to bed and you're restless because you're thinking about this, you're worried about this, this relationship issue with my family, this, 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 this financial issue that I'm having now, I have got this problem that I need to solve, I need to resolve this, I need to resolve that, I don't know how we're going to make ends meet at the end of the month. Listen! God says, are you burnt out? Are you worn out? Are you tired? Come to me and take your rest. Let me work things out for you. You are never meant to strive alone. Don't live in Erev when I've created you for Boker. Get up, hand it over to me and go to sleep. While you sleep, I go to work. When you wake up, it's done. And what I have done is good. Take rest in that thought.